Wherever you are in the world, welcome. I'm Kevin Abdurrahman. This is How Do They Do It? If this is your first time tuning in, take a moment to subscribe to our podcast. Here's why. Every episode, I sit with a guest, a beast, a game changer, a great mind, a leader, or just someone whom I admire and would like to have a chat with. If you resonate with a specific guest, I would be grateful if you review and share it because it will make their voice heard. And hopefully, more people can get inspired, get informed, and get going. And oh, by the way, I might not be doing this for long, but for now, I take summary notes of each conversation. So, if you do like the podcast, you can go and download the summary notes to any specific episode. Simply go on kevinabdurrahman.org forward slash podcast. I hope that with any given conversation, something sparks up in your heart and mind to help you be the best that you can be. Paraphrasing Bruce Lee, absorb what is useful, discard what's useless, and add what is specifically your own. Enjoy the conversation. My guest today is considered one of the key leaders when it comes to Sharjah's economic development growth. Born in Dubai, my guest was raised all around the world. He actually did his kindergarten in Tokyo, Japan. He spent his summertime in Mumbai. He traveled all around the world, even was in Brazil when they were doing the World Cup. Unfortunately, Brazil didn't win the World Cup, but there was a game where Brazil won, and my guest got to celebrate it twice because the referee in that game was Emirati. So he celebrated for Brazil, and he celebrated for the United Arab Emirates. He got a high diploma in accounting from Dubai Men's College and then a bachelor's degree in applied sciences and has never stopped learning by going to executive programs both at Harvard and the University of Singularity. My guest started his career at the ruler's office in Dubai. He then worked with the Sharjah Electricity and Water Authority. After that, he worked with the Dubai Shopping Festival and all its subsidiaries that were all part of the Dubai Economic Department. While doing all that and wearing many hats, he was also the executive producer of a motoring program called CARS, the Arabic equivalent of Top Gear. In 2006, he was invited by Sheikh Badur Al-Qasimi to join and be part of the team that would turn Al-Qasbah from an idea and a dream to what would become a lively neighborhood, a destination. From 2009 to 2018, as the CEO, my guest led the Sharjah Investment Development Authority, Sharul, an entity that was created to invest in infrastructure and also modernize existing infrastructure to create projects and events all through Sharjah. As their CEO, my guest oversaw magnificent projects like the Al Majaz waterfront, Al Nur Island, the heart of Sharjah, the Kalba ecotourism, and many joint ventures like Eagle Hills and Sustainable City. Today, he is the executive chairman of the Sharjah Investment and Development Authority, Shuruk. My guest leads a team of over 400 people, overseeing total size of projects worth over 8 billion dirhams. That is across a range of sectors, tourism, mobility, healthcare, logistics, and many more. The man we have here today, my guest, is highly regarded locally, regionally, and globally. He has received many awards, like the Middle East CEO of the Year Award. But he's not the kind of man who's driven by recognition or awards. From what I and the many people around here know of him, he's the kind of man that's driven by purpose and the love 
for the Emirate of Sharjah and the United Arab Emirates. If the Sharjah Investment and Development Authority is, and it is, the driving force that is transforming Sharjah, then my guest today is the driving force that is behind the driving force. I'm delighted that we have the opportunity to spend time with this amazing man in his office in Sharjah at Al Qasbah. I have so many questions. Pay close attention because what I believe you're going to receive is a masterclass in information and inspiration. This is How Do They Do It? I'm Kevin Abdurrahman. My guest today is His Excellency Marwan bin Jassim Al Sirkal. Thank you for being on the show. My pleasure. I really appreciate Thank it. You Thank you for coming all the way to Sharjah. <laughs> I appreciate it. I was looking forward to this. Um, shall we start with Mr. Jones? Oh, definitely. Take us back well, there. A lot of people wouldn't know that I actually, my first place that I went to as kindergarten was not here in the Emirates, it was in Japan, yes. in Tokyo. Uh, my father uh, was a diplomatic, uh, he was heading uh, the UAE uh, consulate uh, or embassy actually in, in Tokyo. And so we had, to, we had to travel all the way uh, to Japan and actually go to the kindergarten there. So the most amazing factor is that the whole experience of living in Japan and I'm talking about the early 80s. It's, yes. It's not as it's, it is now, where it is more an international or cosmopolitan. It used to be more a Japanese place, you know. And so we went to an American school at that in those, in those days. And, and there, this, the, the, the way of how the kindergarten in, in Tokyo is totally different. It was an American system where you would be welcomed by, uh, by the, the main instructor, which is Mr. John. He, he comes and he welcomes every student or every kid that would actually come to the kindergarten with a nice smile. The weather is nice. You have to be nice. You have to be smiling. He would actually give a comment on everyone with a nice way. So the whole experience sitting in a classroom, not even a classroom, sitting in a more like a majlis where kids would actually sit in a, in a circle. The teacher would come talk to us. We have, a, we have a special day where we have pets. Rabbits running around, hamsters running around. It's a whole different experience. You'd, you'd actually have lunch at the, at the kindergarten, nap there, and then continue your studies, and then your mother or father will pick you up. So the whole experience... It was like, a living, like you're living there. We live half yeah. of our time in that school, and then we have visits, so we go visiting different locations, whether they're shops, whether they're retail areas, whether they're farming. So the, the, first, the first plant I planted was actually in Japan, not here. Wow. Where they took us to this farming place, and they told us, you know, we will give you a seed, and you have to plant it, and you will water it, and then you will tell us, what do you, what do you, what do you experience? And, you know, man with nature is totally different. Man with animals is totally different. Yes. And when you educate kids, and when they're really little, like three years old, four years old, it always lives in, in, their, in, their, in their minds that how to, how to preserve, how to respect nature, how to respect animals. And I think, you know, after 20 years, 30 years down the line, you would actually not, not forget those stories because they're amazing stories with a different diversity. So we had from the kindergarten there, we had our friends from different parts of the world. And so it's not only for the Japanese. It's a, it was an American school, so you have different nationalities. We got to know a lot of people mm. from different parts of the world. But the nice thing is the way how they treat the kids yeah. at, at those days. Did you remember it? I do remember. remember. I, I still remember Mr. Jones. He was every day morning waiting for us and with a smile. It's a sunny day, you know. Come and enjoy it. And you wouldn't be sad going that day. Of course not. Uh, and the shock was when we came back. <laughs> and that's the shock. When we came back, we went to a school here in Sharjah, and it was like, it's about discipline. It's about sitting in a classroom. Every two would actually sit on a desk. You would not move from that desk 
because you'll, you'll be in that classroom for the entire day. Mm. And imagine you have those breaks that you would actually break out and then come back, but, but it's, it's so strict. Mm. So I couldn't adapt, I think, for like three months. I couldn't accept not moving around like what we used to have, not having a nap, uh, not enjoying activities. Yes. Uh, so it was a, a huge transformation for what, what, what we experienced in, in, in Tokyo and what then we experienced in Sharjah. Today, I think the education system is totally different. It was re it's recently been revamped. Kindergartens are totally more active. I see my, my, my little Muhammad, yes. two years old, more excited. There are a lot of activities here in a, in a, in a kindergarten called, in Basati, called Basatin here in Sharjah, where they have more activities out, out of the campus and within the campus. So we, we have taken the education to a, to a different level yes. uh, after, after like 20 years. And, and I think this is something that I'm so happy about that the thing that I saw in the 80s is now implemented here in the, in the Emirates and especially in Sharjah. That's beautiful, man. And really clearly made an impact in you because we forget a lot of things in our lives. Yeah. But the fact that you can remember something exactly. when you were three exactly. must have really impacted your heart and your yeah. mind. So it's the plants, it's the animals, yeah. but it's about even staying in a classroom where you're actually open to actually have a nap, enjoying it. Uh, and you know what, I was, my mother was teaching us Arabic at home because, yeah. you know, they wouldn't have any teachers that would teach Arabic. And so, and I was, I was w uh, sitting with my brother Khaled, he's like two years elder than I am, and he, she would teach him and I would actually get to know uh, what she's telling him, you know. And when I went to the, to the test here in Sharjah, they would tell us, tell us the ABC in Arabic, Alif Ba'ta. And I got them all right. And the, and the teacher said here that, is unusual because they, at that age you wouldn't actually find kids would actually memorize no. it. So I think he's, he's over his age, he has to be in a different class. <laughs> and that was, you know, and the nice thing is that we're so close, me and my brother Khaled, yes. when, when it comes to education. And I thought it, it had a great impact because what you, when you love something that you do, you get, you get to perfect it. Yes. Uh, and since my childhood, I, I believe that I had this great opportunity that I had my brother with me. And it had a huge impact on, 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 on me till today, I would say. And as he was learning, you were just learning by default exactly. of being there. I was there. so close. Yeah. Instead of playing around, being with my brother. He, and it was easier for my mother because she, we, we're a family of seven. And, you know, the first two are close to each other. So it makes life much easier. That's fantastic. Uh, I still remember when we were in Japan, my grandmother used to send us, you know, Majid uh, magazines. The Captain Majid thing? No, no, the, the Majid magazine from Abu Dhabi here. Okay. So they still produce it now. They revive it recently. And I'm so happy that my sister, Maryam, is actually handling it nowadays. In the old days, when we were in Japan, and I'm talking about 1981, 82, we used to get the Majid magazine. It's the only magazine we would have fun stories, like comics. And, right. and, and recently, in Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi uh, government, or Abu Dhabi media, decided to revive it totally. So it has childhood stories. Yes. And guess what? My sister is actually handling it. So it's, it's, a, it's a very nice story nice to see that, you know, how, how, how we were connected with UAE yeah. by Majid. Uh, and we were connected through Iftahia uh, Simpson, which is the, the equivalent that, yeah. of Sesame Streets. Uh, and, and, and so Japan was yet so far from the UAE. We were traveling. I remember the, those days when we used to travel from Dubai uh, by Lufthansa. That's right. Going to somewhere in Europe, uh, somewhere in, in, uh, in the East, and then going to Tokyo. And it was the only flight that would take us to Tokyo. Today, 
we have like every every day a couple of airports right. to, to yeah. Tokyo. So Direct. an ambassador in Tokyo today is not as, as tough as it used to be in the 80s. Yes. Uh, but we had a good time. We always had this connection between UAE flag and Japan flag because of the embassy thing. And till today, I feel that there is something about Japan that is in my heart. Uh, the love of their perfection, the discipline, the, the openness uh, and being so perfect in what what to do. Mm. And I think this is something that is within my DNA that I feel it is affecting my life in a very positive way. Get inspired. Whether you're in Dubai for business or pleasure, the last thing you want to do is blow your budget on accommodation, which is why I recommend you check out our host venue partners, Rove Hotels. Beyond being price sensitive, what I love about Rove Hotels is the fact that they are a combination of cafe, culture, and just coolness. Even my guests, many of them, when they arrive before we record or after we finish recording the podcast, they actually comment. They go, wow, this place is cool. The vibe is amazing. And it is amazing. So if you're in Dubai for business or pleasure, I recommend you check out our host venue partners, Rove Hotels. That's fantastic. And as, as a young person, you got to travel to quite a few places. Yes, so I, what was I, the next, next thing out I, of Japan? I traveled to a lot of areas around the globe. Uh, I've been, I would say, my father has been taking us with him to different areas. So we've been to Mumbai, uh, and Mumbai is not as Mumbai today. Oh, yeah. Mumbai today is the, the cosmopolitan. Nobody doesn't want to go to Mumbai. You know, it's this vibrant city. And those, in those days when we went to, to Mumbai, Coke was not even sold, you know, it was like thumbs up and Sprite was called Sprint That's and, right, yeah. and everything was local produce and we had to import everything, like Kellogg's was, was important. So we were living in, in, in a nice area, I don't, I don't remember the area, but India for us was like so cool, you know, it's so different than, than the UAE. Yeah. We, even the cars, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a car fan since, since my childhood. Yes. I used to have this whole city that I would create at home and have those cars and when in India you go, there were only like three different types of cars, like the Ambassador, I remember. Yes. And the other one, the little one, and the Maruti, I guess. And for us, we used to have Mercedes and Lotus. And I was like, Mercedes is like super cool to be in Indiana and a Lotus. And, but what you, when you see 20 years down the line, how India have revolved, is magnificent. Absolutely. We had amazing times in, in, in Mumbai. Uh, street food was something mm. exceptional. The souks, you know, the old souks, and, and you know, we we have a, the tie between UAE and India is, is, is very much, you know, the trade goes back very to centuries, yes. you know, and so we don't feel that we're far away from home. But it was it was novel enough. It was different. It was different. Yeah. It was definitely different. Then we've been with my father to to Brasilia, and Brasilia, I was t I'm telling you, it was so tough to travel to Brasilia. Nowadays, it's one flight. Yes. To, to Sao Paulo. Yeah. You were talking about uh, 80s and 90s when it was completely yeah, but, different, but right? In the 90s, I was like 98, we've been to Brasilia. We had to stop over to Getwick and from Getwick to Rio and from Rio to Sao Paulo and Sao Paulo to Brasilia. That's like 31 hours of flight. And at the end, you go to a place, it's nice, people were so nice, but it's totally different. Yes. You're in a different universe. Uh, the thing that will connect everyone was football. And at that time, we're so lucky it was the 98. Uh, uh, World Cup, uh, World Cup uh, that they lost, unfortunately. But we were so excited that Brazil was doing good. You know, they were winning, and one of those matches, I think they were playing against Denmark, and the referee was an Emirati. 
Ali Bouchsin, the world, the best referee at that time uh, in Asia. Yes. Uh, he was. Uh, he 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 went to uh, to France to to be the referee, and he was he was the referee of that match. So we were hoping that the Brazilians would win, because nobody would actually blame the referee. Because the the, the, the first guy that the people would blame. It's always they point the finger at the referee, referee yeah. right? And they won. So we celebrated in, in a place called Gilberto de Salomon. And we, you know, they were celebrating their win. I was celebrating their win. And plus an Emirati referee. So a double was, win. Yeah, exactly. So it was a very nice. I drove on those Bra Brazilian roads. I, at that time, I used to have a driving license. So I used to take my father's uh, Mercedes driving around Brasilia, not knowing how to speak. So I, w I had one lesson to, to know. You're driving the ambassador car. You have the right not to stop to anyone. You know, you just continue. Even if someone tries to stop, stop you, you are a CND car, so you can drive. Keep so driving. I didn't have any issues, uh, and I had a S600, so it was super fast. So mm. Nobody can actually follow you. Follow me. <laughs> so, and, but within my life, I've traveled all around Asia, Europe, Africa. Um, China by itself is a different nation, yes. anyways. America. I studied um, in, in, as I said, in Japan. But my schooling uh, from grade one to to grade six was in Sharjah. Then from grade 7 to grade 11, I was in Dubai, uh, Rashid School in Dubai, uh, where it's a place, it's a super fantastic school. Yes. It's like 12, 12 students in each class. Wow, that's Two fantastic. Two instructors, high-end. So we had uh, Sheikh uh, uh, Conference of Dubai, Sheikh Hamdan Mohammed was with us in the school, Sheikh Rashid, late Sheikh Rashid was with us, uh, Sheikh Saeed uh, bin, bin Maktoum, Al Maktoum was with us in that school. So it was, it was a different lifestyle. So yeah. it was... Very, very similar to Japan that you move from one class to another class. It was not in one classroom. We had a laboratory. We had a nice library. We had art areas. So we have a huge uh, sports facility, uh, which I thought that is one of the best schools uh, within the United Arab Emirates at that time. Studied uh, my, higher, my higher education uh, or my uh, uh, diploma was from the Higher College of Technology in Dubai. Uh, I was enrolled in '96. Graduated in '99. I skipped a couple of years because of uh, I was good in English, I was good in math, so I skipped one whole year mm -hmm. and I skipped GCSE. I did my GCSE, so I skipped my 12th year. So I saved like two years. Graduated from higher higher college of technology with a high diploma, which is an equivalent to a to a bachelor degree in in, in accounting. Uh, from from Dubai Men's College, uh, went to work in a ruler's office in Dubai uh, as as a short term. Then my first job was actually in the Sharjah Electricity and Water Authority, uh, where I was head of the auditing department. So I was started as an auditor, then I became the head of auditing. And at all this stage, you're actually quite young. Yes, yes. I, I like to challenge myself. Yeah. So I, I, I love to dedicate time to perfect things, because I, I think whoever seeks perfection would one day reach perfection. And, yes. and I, was, I, I was admiring the automotive industry. So I was admiring what new companies would actually do, like companies like Hyundai would compete with the Toyotas and companies like uh, uh, would, would go bust because they couldn't uh, reintroduce new products mm. uh, like Mercury, for example, from, from America. Or a lot of UK brands went, went out of business because they never knew what the customer wanted, you know? And, and I, I always had this philosophy is how Toyota managed to become the, the best global leader when they were new to the market compared to Ford, GM, and mm. all of those companies, or Mercedes. And can uh, I ask you, was this because of your, do you think it had to do with your, with your Japanese? You know, I'm, I'm not really sure. I, I, I think there is a link about perfection, about yeah. quality, about doing things right, about 
enjoying what you do, loving what you do, perfecting what you do, yes. but investing in yourself before anything. Yes. You, know, you can't expect to, to be good, but without practicing. Uh, and I always use this example, you know, if you want to be a great football player, you have to train really well. You know, if you want to be a great athlete, you have to train really well. You can't expect that your talent will, will make you make you a champion. Your yes. talent is a good start. Yes. But then you need to uh, work on yourself. You need to train yourself. Uh, if you want to celebrate something, you have to perfect it. And yes. if you perfect it and you don't know anything about it, you need to educate yourself and you need to keep on training yourself till the mindset becomes that you are good in it. Yes. Then you're going to succeed. You know, Beckham was not Beckham because he was talented. Yes, he's talented, but he was training six hours every day. That's true. Exactly. And yeah. a lot of people, they don't know that. Like, he, he made it a thing. He was first one in, last one out. You know, sometimes you stand on a podium and would say, man, that guy was magnificent. He was training. <laughs> he didn't. It was not. It was. He was not good because he's good. He was practicing it. And, yeah. And he, uh, even a, a bad guy would actually be good after training. Yes. You need to have that talent. I remember, you know, one of those trips. I used to travel with the car agencies, car companies. You know, test driving cars. And one of those trips, we went uh, to a club called Holland and Holland. Okay. The shooting club. And and and. Not London, out of London. In Britain, Holland you know. and Holland. No, no, no. Holland and Holland okay. is, the com is the group. The name, yeah. it's, it's a very well-known company, Holland and Holland. And they have this pigeon shooting, you know, the okay. clay, clay, clay pigeon. And at that time, that was in 2006, I think. Yeah. Uh, when was Athens Olympics? 2006 or 2000? My memory. Four? Yeah. Before, maybe. 2004, maybe. 2004, because Beijing was 2008. Yes. So that was the pressure. You know, Ahmed bin Hashar, mm -hmm. uh, Al Maktoum, he won the gold medal for the shooting. Mm. I used to go to shooting clubs, but I'm not a professional. I'm not even an amateur. I'm just a beginner. And we went with Bentley, and they took us, they wanted to show us the lifestyle of a Bentley owner. Right. And, you know, I, it was a dream for me to own a Bentley. Uh, and now I'm driving a Bentley, and now. Uh, Bentley Arnaud in 2004, fantastic. Going in the countryside of London and going to this club. And now we have a clay shooting, clay shooting, pigeon clay shooting. And they, no were, they were like, no pressure at all. You're an Emirati. The world champion is an Emirati. We have, you have eight shots, eight shots, uh, eight shots, and six are going to be counted. So you can lose two. Ah, okay. <laughs> Let's hope we hit one at least, you know. We are all beginners, I would say. Nobody is proficient in that area, you know. But I was the youngest. You yes. Know? 2004, I was... Uh, 24, right? Yeah, yeah. too young to, to be uh, talented in that field. So we started shooting. I missed the first one. And I scored and scored and scored and scored and scored. So I got six out of six. Wow. And more pressure because you have two rounds. One, which is a clay shooting pigeon, is going flying from from here to here, like right. this, and the other one was right to left, right. left to right. Yeah. And I got six out of six in both. Wow. So I missed two, but you know, it's six that counts. And I got the prize from them. That, and he, they said, no, uh, it's, not, it's not a coincidence, you know, Ahmed Al-Hashar, Ahmed Al-Hashar won the gold medal, and Emirati will always win a gold medal. And yeah, was, uh, they, they said that when, when they saw the results. Yeah. After, you know, <laughs> I was like, wow, how, I was, I was not even, Imagining that I'm going to score three out of six. Yes. Imagine six out of six and six out of six. It was fascinating. Is that because you perform under pressure? Like when you look back now, when you look at your personality? Because no, I loved shooting. Okay. I, lo I always loved it, but I have an issue with my eyes. In 2000, one of those years, I was, uh, I was on a quad bike and I was hit by a car. Oh. 
and I uh, and I happen to notice that I have a double vision in some areas. Okay. So then I then so if I focus, if I'm tired, I have a double vision, so I I can see two two of you. Yes, that's a scary thought. Yeah. So and and this is a different area. So in this area, in this area, I see a double vision. Here I see a double vision. Here I see a double vision. You uh -huh. know? So I have an issue with my eyes. So I would never perfect any shooting. So shooting is not good for me. Yes. So I did an operation. We try to man no, not really fix it, but try to get it closer. It's even com more confusing now. So, but in shooting, you close one eye anyway. Sure. So, so shooting was never something for me after that incident. But I, 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 I happen to be talented in it. Get inspired. One of the questions that I get frequently asked is, Kev. How can I increase my motivation? We see great individuals, we see achievers, like many of the guests that I'm bringing on the show. They have the energy, they do so much, they're in a state of flow. How do they do it? Well, my team and I have released an article which I've made available on kevinabdurrahman.org forward slash blog, the ultimate biohacking guide to increasing motivation. Or you can simply Google Kevin increase motivation and the article should pop up right at the top. It's absolutely free. Read it and most important of all, take the bits and pieces that are relevant to you and apply it into your life to increase your motivation. I hope you find the article of value. If you do, feel free to leave your comments and also share it with your circle of friends. Again, you can Google it, Kevin Increase Motivation. It will be the first link that pops up or on my website, kevinabdurrahman.org forward slash blog. And sometimes, you know, when you have a talent and then but I can't be a world champion sure. because you know you have to even perfect it. But I think the dedication that you put, the love for what you do, yes, one hundred percent, is what makes. And you want, if you want to be successful. And I said, if you want to be successful, yes, you are going to be successful. Yes, because it's that choice that you have to make, saying, "I want to be successful. I'm willing to do this." Like you said, seven years and then of focus. You invest, invest in yourself. It's like a comp you're, you're a company of yourself, you know? Yes, that's true. And everybody thinks about positions. But and before you're running a company, you have to run you. You have to run your position, yes, you know? that's true. If you're, a, you're, you know, everybody is granted to become the CEO of his own self. You know? yeah. <laughs> Whether you want to put a marketing plan for yourself or an education plan for mm. yourself or a fitness program for yourself or a health program for yourself, that's your body, that's yes. your company. Yes, Manage it properly. Sleep well, eat well. Uh, train yourself, educate yourself. That's the company that you would like to be known as. Yeah. And a lot of people, they dismiss it. They will not uh, wear properly, they will not eat properly, they will not go to the fitness. Uh, I changed my whole lifestyle program maybe in the last eight years. Okay. And I remember, you know, uh, things about, about uh, fail, you know, it's fine to fail at the beginning, but it's fine to, uh, to accept that these are the things that made me fail, yes. and this is what I need to work. You need to know what are the weaknesses about yourself. We always talk about SWOT analysis in companies, but do we have a SWOT analysis about ourselves? Do we know what our strengths and weaknesses are, and to develop it? Do we know what are the threats that we're going to have in the future? If we do it as we do it in our work environment up to ourselves, we're going to be better human beings. Sure. And I believe uh, working with Charlie Electricity and Water Authority, I was like, I, I went, I, when I went to the interview, I was like meeting the, the, the director there. He said to me, are you here for a job? I said, yeah, I'm, I want to do a change. I don't want to do what, what's the daily job. He said, I will do a deal with you. If you don't enjoy it, just leave the office. Don't come. 
because I was not really encouraged, you know, auditing, I would be reviewing numbers. Mm -hmm. So I entered that work field. But you went with a mindset of, I want to make a change. Yeah, I, I want to do something different. Rather than change, I want to do something different. And different is, is change, different is, is doing things in a different way, maybe faster, maybe more efficient, maybe different presentations. So I worked in that uh, environment, and it was more about discipline. Government entities at that time uh, was about uh, coming on time, leaving on time, uh, coming on time, leaving fine on time, do your job, and, and that's good enough. But doing things different, doing things more efficient, working in a, t a teamwork was not really something that, that was, I would say, in the, in the late 90s. Mm. Uh, because I started and uh, actually celebrated a couple of days ago 20, year of, 20 years of working in the government field. Wow. So I started on 23rd of October 1999. Wow. So recently I just posted that 20 years I was serving, I'm still serving the government and I'm still under 40. Uh, so, so the exciting thing is that I went to this uh, to the charge electors and water authority. I managed to do a lot of things. You know, in one of those uh, monthly uh, salary audit, I am a financial controller. So mm -hmm. I, I I check the the finance before it is released. Mm -hmm. So it's not like an auditor which will check after six months. You know, I, so I used to check salaries for like four thousand staff on a monthly basis. And usually, the the, the my colleague used to do those reporting in three days so i created a different mechanism with that within that uh, entity that i can do it in one day interesting what happened is that my colleague used to, used to and he was a veteran you know he's the guy that he, he, he knows how to do it so i started taking that file and he said i'm going to check on you so the, the first time i was doing it i took two days so one day less than he did yes my aim was orders how can we be more efficient so i created another system within within our system to improve efficiency. Efficiency, how can we improve it? I don't like to waste time doing repetitive work. You know, and we're talking about, today we're talking about AI and robotics taking over. For but this is before this. we're talking about the 90s. So in 2000, 2001, I started to reach the level that I take a report at eight in the morning. I deliver it by 1 p.m. before our prayers. And my director used to say, Marwan, I don't think you're doing anything. You're just signing. Is it, you know, I can give you the proof. But you have to celebrate success rather than uh, than than uh, thinking that I'm not doing it, you know. And well this said. is the mindset of people. You need to encourage uh, employees at the beginning that give them the chance. Uh, I, I would say a, a new employee is 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 more like a like a candle. You have to hold him to to create a fire. You know, you can, you can't you can't just blow the air. You you'll kill that that spirit that yes. that's within. An employee that has just joined, and I'm talking two years, three, two years down the line. So I, I reached to the level that I said, you know what, I can't change a lot of things. I, whatever I can do is, is to improve the, the system. After leaving Shard uh, Electricity and Water Authority, I joined Dubai Shopping Festival, and it was a different channel. It was like from financial control to finance manager, from finance manager to director of finance and administration. So I reached to the to the shopping festival. I remember meeting uh, Mr. Hussein Luta, uh, and uh, he used to be the executive chairman of Dubai Shopping Festival. And he said to me, "When uh, he, he was asking me, what do you do? What do you like doing? What do you do in your free time?" Then I was like, "Why is he asking about my free time?" And he was like, uh, "Where do you do? What do you do after leaving home? 
after having lunch, uh, where who who do you hang out with? But he was so smart because he wanted to know what sort of an employee he's going to have. He was looking for the character, exactly. not just the resume. So it was resume. it was a yeah. lesson that today I learned. You know, I, I I learned that after that actually is how important it is to have the right people. It's mm. not who is more qualified, but who has the right uh, set that you would like to think that he has the right DNA that he fits your organization. That's right. So after that interview, I said to him, I'm going to think about it and I'm going to get back to you. He said, I want you to live the Dubai Shopping Festival. I want you to breathe the Dubai Shopping Festival. And I was at that time trying to be funny. So I said, it's like Coca-Cola's ad, you know, live Coca-Cola, eat Coca-Cola, enjoy Coca-Cola. You know, that was the ad at that era. That's you know? right. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Are you kidding? I said, I, I thought that was the ad of Coca-Cola. He said, yeah, I wanted to, you to live the experience of Dubai Shopping Festival. And for me, it was a challenge, you know moving from Sharjah to Dubai, and I like to take challenges. I, I am bored when it's repetitive, when it's boring, when it's not doing anything different. So for me, I, at that time, I had in mind, every three or four years, I need to move mm -hmm. to experience different things and different sectors. I don't have to be in that sector. We are human beings. If you are an accountant, you can be an, you can be an artist. If you are an artist, you can be a football player. If you are a football player, if you want to be who you want to be, you're, you can be. Nobody was born to be a policeman. That's Nobody right. was born to be a, a fireman. That's but you right. train yourself to be a policeman and you educate yourself. And today with education, with technology, and you access. can be an expert, you know. Yeah. A funny story, uh, talking about education, you know. My mother was recently admitted to a hospital. And they were telling us sodium levels low, high, la, la, la. And this is what we you need to do. So I went to investigate. What's the sodium level? Why is it affecting her life? And why is she not as she used to be? So I went to... The, my, my secretary, which is the Google of today, checked out, what is this about it? And I got a whole report of my clinic, 16 pages. I read the whole thing. Then I sat with the doctor, and I chatted with him, and I was giving him facts and figures based on my clinic. He didn't know. He said, are you a doctor? He said, no, I said, no I'm not. He said, I'm sure you're a doctor. And I was giving him examples of what he should do and what she, she should not do as a low sodium level. And I happened to be, a, I, have, I was so expert in that field yes. that the doctor thought that I was actually a real expert and a doctor, but trying not to tell him that. And he thought that I'm trying to be humble, that I'm not a doctor. But the message that if you want to be an expert, just read about it. It's, everything is available to you yes. on the internet. I was, you know, once sitting in a youth uh, council, telling them how much information we have in our devices today, that even Carter, when he was the president of the United States, didn't have that information with all of his team that was with him. So let's make use of what we have within our handheld. So after the, the, the Dubai Shopping Festival experience, you know, I, I with my team, flipped around the whole Dubai Shopping Festival experience from a financial point of view. So we, make it, we made it a financial success for mm. the Dubai Financial, for the Dubai uh, Shopping Festival. So it wasn't just an event, it became actually a... Financially, it was financially it viable. a huge impact. We had, a, we had a, a very strong team that's working in Dubai Shopping Festival. Everyone was wearing one, one, more than one hat. So I, I, in that area, you know, I'm so passionate about the motor industry. I had an opportunity that a company called Bagheera came to us, and they said, we want to break the world record for trucks. I break world record for trucks? What do you mean? You know those trucks that are racing? Yes. The... And they were like... Did they come to you because they knew you were passionate no, no, about cars no, no, or they, random? They came to Dubai Shopping Festival. Okay. And Saeed Nabuda, the, the CEO at that time, said to him, Ron, you are into cars. Uh, this is your file. I'm like, I'm a finance manager. What do I have to do with, shop, with, the, with events? 
said, no, no, in Dubai Shrine Festival, you don't wear one hat, you wear multiple hats. Said, okay, so what do we need to do? So I met the guys, okay, and they were from, uh, they're from a company called Bagheera. So they have a motor racing team, so they have this trucks racing. Anyway, they don't look nice, but they're trucks racing, you yeah. know, and it's racing. Uh, it's, for me, Formula One rally is nice, but trucks racing, anyways, ours was to break the record. So what's the record? 172 kilometers. Okay, what would you like to break? 300 kilometers. Are you guys serious? 300 in kilometers? Speed. In speed, with a truck. Not wow. with the whole thing, but with a truck, you know, the, yes, the, the yes, first yes, part yeah. of it. Like, are you sure? So what do we need to do? We need to, we need to close a road, and we need to do, create a show, and we're going to do a press conference, and we need to get a driver, and who's going to do it? You. I'm going to do it. I'm going to talk. I'm a finance guy. Yeah, I'm a finance guy. I have nothing to do with events. No, you're going to do it. And the guys are going to support you. So where do we start? Where is the road? Where can we find the road that we can close like 15, 16 kilometers to have that run? Who would close the road? You know, it's Dubai. It's not like somewhere in the, in the desert, you know, you can close the road in, in, in some of the valleys, you know, in the States. It's, it's Dubai, you know. It's, Dubai has busy roads. So we happen to find the road which is today called the Emirates Road. No way! Okay. At that time, it was not connected. So you found that that road, it was not connected to anywhere. On the 611. On the, it was at that time two-lane road. Yes. Next to, uh, to the club, one of the clubs there, I think Hatta Club. Oh, not Hatta, sorry, Al-Awir Club. At that time, it was called Al-Awir Club. Now it's called Dubai Club. Mm -hmm. So this road was not connecting any Emirates. So it was Dubai only. And it was a two-lane road, unbusy. Nobody was driving that road. And we sent a letter to Dubai police. How can I send a letter to Dubai police? At that time, the chief commander was Dahi Khalfan, you know. Who am, am I to send him a letter? And he said, one of my colleagues, his name is Ibrahim Abdullah, he said, you take this number and call this guy and, and he would actually... He will fix it. it for you. So we managed to close the road. Then we did a, <laughs> we did a show in Al-Muraggabat Street to just emphasize on that event. Then they told us there is a press conference. Who's going to be in the front? You're going to speak to the press. I'm a finance guy. I don't even have a media training, you know. And suddenly I was sitting there talking about breaking the record. I have no clue about that record. <laughs> and convincing Mohammed bin Salim, our Emirati World Champ uh, Middle East uh, champion in, in rally, uh, 16, 16 championships in the, in the World Rally. He's far from, from this racing, but anyways, he's a champion. So he would be driving one of those trucks. And we're going to break the record in one of those days. So we closed the road. Wow. Did the sprint. We achieved 270 plus. Wow. We couldn't achieve 300, but anyways, it's 100 kilometers more than the more than the previous world record, record. Yes. And they told me, let's do a trial. So I sat in the truck and man. You I, drove one? No, I sat on the passenger. Okay. <laughs> and we were, you know, it's so high and you're like a wall that is traveling because it has no aerodynamics in any sort of an aerodynamics meaning. But it was an experience. Wow. Mind-blowing. Mind at 270? Uh, at 270 I can't kilometers. Imagine. It was fascinating. And so the story that I want to say is that no matter what your field is, if you dedicate time and commitment, you're going to achieve it. And from a finance guy to an events manager to a media guy uh, to an organizer. To sitting in, in, a, in a truck at yeah, 270. Exactly. And, and, and just doing something that you, you might not be passionate at that before that, but at that moment, you would be the, the happiest guy on earth. You know what strikes me is a couple of things. You're willingly wanting to go out of your comfort zone, yeah, where yeah. it's natural to and, just go, it's comfortable, yeah, but you're willingly yeah. willing to step and, out. And I would tell you, you know, people would say, you know, 
you're a challenger, you like to do it. I would tell you the first thing, it's it's not easy. It's not comfortable at the yes. first. You know, it's not. humans are created, you know, to, to be in their comfort zones. If you challenge yourself to, to be out of that zone and and to go out of that box, you transform yourself. Yes. So you become multi-talented. You get to know new people. You get to experience new things. And you become global uh, in your thoughts. You, you, can, you become global in the way of how you take things and listen to things, you know. And I think this is something that transformed me within within those uh, 40 years or 39 years uh, is accepting to learn, accepting to, to take challenges, accepting to do things that that will, will transform you. Mm. So Shopping Festival was a magnificent experience. I, then I, in 2006, uh, I happened to meet uh, Sheikha Badur, mm. a talented lady. I had no clue who she was other than she was the daughter of His Highness, the ruler of Sharjah. And she has this magnificent vision about transforming Sharjah, changing the way of how things are, improving the, the status. And she had the support of His Highness, the big boss, Sheikh Sultan, the ruler of Sharjah. And she came, so I, I happened to meet her in, in, in Al Qasbah here, in this place. This place was, was apparently at that time a place where all of the NGOs, the non government organizations, were here. Uh, there was the big wheel, the Eye of the Emirates. It was about to be done with a with a circus that was a not a permanent, more like a temporary circus, but the place was was not busy, mm. was not revived, and, and so I sat with Sheikh Abdul and she said to me, "What do you think about this place?" And nobody can say it's it's not fantastic. It's a beautiful place, it connects two lagoons, has a water channel. It's so nice. It's and the beautiful architecture in those buildings, but people are not coming. Mm. There are not many restaurants. There are not many cafes. There are not many events. It wasn't people. like a destination. It was not really a destination. Yeah. It was an idea to transform this destination. So there was a company that's actually managing it. It's called Thomas Klein. So Sheikh Abidur said, would you like to join the group? I said, okay, I can join the team as an advisor. I can so I keep my job in Dubai mm -hmm. because I was doing another thing other than the shopping fest. I was doing my motoring program with Dubai TV. That's right. Yeah, I used to be an executive producer. We have that like program that is like the equivalent of Top Gear. Yes. Uh, we, in our nature, we don't like to say this car is better than that car in our media. Yes. So I had this courage to take a Nissan Patrol and a Land Cruiser and say, this is better than this. And you were willing to do it. I was I was loving to do it because, you know, <laughs> a consumer would love to hear that. Yes. The fans would love to hear that. The agents would not <laughs> love to hear that the Nissan is better than a, than a, than a, than a, than a cruiser, you know. And I had the guts to do that. And I had the, the guts to, to go to Dubai TV and tell them, Let's do a better motoring program because the, the one you have is, is bad and, and, and it's not good. And, and I had the will to support you. And then that day I said, I had the will to support you. They said to me, do a pilot. And I was like, what's a pilot? And they said, a pilot is like, let's shoot. Shoot what? <laughs> let's shoot. Let's do a pilot. Show us what, what do you have in mind. Okay, I can support you guys. And then the guy said, what do you mean support you? You're going to do it. <laughs> Sure, I have not. I thought I was gonna give you the idea exactly. Yeah. And I was like, I did a presentation. No, 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 you're going to present it. You have the passion. I have the passion. I'm not, I don't have the passion to be in front of people and on their TV screens and you know, looking at me. Who's Maron? Maron is the finance guy in the Bashar Festival. What is he doing to do with cars? And I, yeah, I was passionate. I was like reading six, seven, eight magazines maybe a month. I knew in and out of, about cars. And you know, my sister was walking around. Her name is Maryam. She was my little sister. And she was like, Maryam is a director in Dubai TV. Yes. I mean, uh, a TV director. 
and and she and he and Hassan uh, Luta said, you know, Maryam is going to be the director of that program, and you are going to be the producer, exact producer and presenter. Uh, are you sure? What about my job? You're going to keep your job, don't worry. You're going. You're to wearing many hats. Yeah, multiple hats. You know <laughs> that, this philosophy. So we did that. Pro we did that test. I was like, I was a bit nervous, you know. It's Dubai TV. It's not like any other. TV. It's not like those TVs in the in the media cities. It's like a proper Dubai TV government. Yeah. Uh, TV, you know, it's whatever mm -hmm. is going to go there. It's going to be the, the Dubai TV. And so this we, is no experience. No, zero experience. So no experience at all. But the passion is, was there. The talent was there. The information was there. Everything was there. Other than we need fine tuning. So we did that uh, program. And then I, I asked one of my friends, are you passionate about TV? And his, his name is Ahmed Jafar Al-Hashimi. And he was like, yes, what do you have in mind? I said, like, we do a different program. We go out of the norms. We get cars. Let's agree what we are going to say. We agree on this and that. And we're going to do more like a guy's program. We became the most, most uh, valuable program done by Emiratis to the level that it became the second best program with a local contact, Emirati content. It had, I did 52 episodes within the three years that I was wow. there. It was rerun three times after the first time. So each week you would find me on the screen four times rather than one time. It was, which went all the way to Tihad Airways. People were, were, were believing in what we're saying, that we're not, we're biased. We're saying the truth. Mm. We're not trying to make Porsche happy or Lamborghini happy. We are trying to go to the lowest tier of the market with the Nissan Sunny and the Corolla and the SUV guys with the Nissan Petrol and the Land Cruiser and the super luxury, uh, super uh, exotic cars, La Ferrari. Uh, sorry, at that time, yeah, La Ferrari against the Carrera GT. Yeah. It was like super fantastic to the level in some cases we called company and they wouldn't give us their, their cars. Because, because you were they, real. They, they, were, they had the fear. And then I got the call from the regional office saying, how come cars is not cars because that was the, the name of the problem. How come cars is not covering our cars? I said like, your guys are not willing to give us. No, no, we're, the region office are, are going to try to, I used to travel around the globe testing cars. We created content that nobody can compete with. Wow. So in every place I wanted to work or I was, was working in, I, want, I, I always kept in mind that it had to be the best. It can't be a second. It has to be the best program. It had to be the best organization. It has to be the best system that we're creating. And being the best, that mindset, mm. you build it within your team. Yes. Evolves everything. So you can't say, we want to do one of the best program. We have to, the best program in the Arab world, the best lo local content, the best uh, information. So I was, you know, my program was, we were doing a program and I call it my, because I will, it's all, it's, I love to say it's my thing. It's, it's, yes, it's ours, all of us together. But when you say it's I, mine, then you feel it is, you don't want to lose in any field. In it's it. your ownership. So yeah. I did pro, uh, we, uh, interviews with Ferraris, with Maseratis, with Lamborghini. I, 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 I knew everyone in the, in the automotive industry to the level that they were, they were seeing me too young, you know, in that industry. But they had, they had a lot of, uh, I would say, respect to the content that they come. So you name it. I've been to the factory of Bentley, I've been to the factory of Lamborghini, and you know what, in, the, in those factories, people would expect that I interview the CEO. I was interviewing the guy that is actually matching the wood, or the, guy, the lady that was stitching the leather nice. in a Bentley factory. And this experience, nobody will give it to you. They will tell you, this car has that horsepower, that torque. Yes, exactly. Nice. 
But the factory visit, okay, factory, they will do it with the head. No, no, I will not do it with the head. I will do this guy. How many generations you've been here? How many generations within your family have been working with Bentley? Why? How did you do the 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 wood matching? That every Bentley, for example, had one plank of wood rather than different types of wood from around the globe. This is the level of value that you want to add, and this is what made it so special. So after that, Dubai Shopping Festival, Dubai Economic Department, Cars Program with Dubai TV, coming to Al Qasba, different challenge, totally different. Real estate, talking to restaurants, uh, trying to lease out locations, do events. And when you had so, you you were, you were doing so well with the Dubai Shopping Festival, and you yeah. had your Cars Program, yeah. what was the what was the thing that made you go, yes, I'm gonna jump in? So, and be part of this. So 2006 was a transformation year for me. I got married in 2006. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So it was like 12 years ago or more now. And uh, transformation for me because I like challenges, I said. You yes. know, Dubai TV for me. I said, you know, we reached to the level. Dubai Shine Festival, we did what I wanted to do. Shop, uh, I always believe that I can. we can make it. We had the, the, the Sheikha Badur support backup, she had the vision, she had the strength, she can do things. And Sharjah is my place. I'm from Sharjah. I love I want to do something about Sharjah. But the challenge was not easy. I can't say the path was clear because the path is never clear. You drive on a road and you don't know. Maybe there's an accident one day yes. on the road. There's some someone that's crossing. Nobody will tell you that someone a camel will cross the street. There are many obstacles that you need to adapt to it. And the reality, I think, is when she shared with you the vision, there was yes. no path. So you, you would have had to actually create it. Exactly. And the, the, the vision was to transform this area, to become a popular area, cultural area with events, with activities. But we need restaurants. And the biggest challenge was when we used to talk to tenants here, restaurants and coffee shops, come and open, and they will tell us, but you don't have people. Okay, we have, we have to get people. Uh, so what we what we what did we do? How do you get people when you don't have restaurants? Yeah, exactly. So when people would come here, they wouldn't find restaurants. So how we can create this balance? What would come before what? So I said, you know what? Let's start by doing events as much as possible and getting food carts rather than uh, restaurants because restaurant well, nobody will invest on a restaurant if there's no food food. Sure. So we start by events, event after event after event after event. So in in the in Masrah Al Qasr, which is our indoor indoor theater we did a lot of events then on the on the on the walkways here we did a lot of events then i said you know what we need to revamp the the landscaping and i had no clue about landscaping i had no clue what type of landscape we need to do but i knew that the place was so wide that we need to narrow it and with landscaping you can do it and was this an inspiration from your travels like where did exactly. you get this vision from well uh, i think traveling around the globe i've been as i said yes. to many cities around the globe but it's how you see it you know, you can see a lot of things, but you'd not not value it unless you read about it. Yes. Unless, because the brain is so smart that when you think of buying, let's say, a land cruiser, you'd find a lot of land cruisers around you. Yes. You, there was always that that many land cruisers, but now the, the, your mind clicks to the thing Part that you focus. like. Yes. So now I had in mind that I need to do something about landscaping. So everything that I looked at at that time was all about landscaping. What type of trees, what type of... A hardscape are we going to use and how can we do it and I used to meet a lot of people and for me every single person you meet is an asset whether he's a security cleaner an expert a consultant an architect a designer everyone has an idea has a thought about it so we came up with this challenges if we want to revive this place we have to do something about it so we created a whole revamp of Al-Qasba 
And I said, I met a couple of guys, and they said, you know, it, it, called, it used to be called Qanat al-Qasba. Yeah. It was so confusing. Qana in Arabic is a channel, so it can be a TV channel, so it can be a water channel. So, so difficult. And so we said, and, and then I met a lot of branding agencies. At that time, I was talking to you about 2006. Yes. Nobody knew what is branding. Yes, you know, nobody, not as popular what nobody, it is today. Now today, everybody, branding agency, images, slogan. At that time, 2006, what is branding? The only company that used to have proper branding was Emirates Airline. Mm. With all due respect to all companies, at that time, branding was not something big. So I met this. Well, we did a pitching. They call it a pitching where you get different agencies and they tell you about branding. They tell you about how do they rebrand Al-Qasba. Yes. So we met one of those guys. And he was telling us the story about how branding is important for companies like Nike, like Adidas, like Emirates Airline. And he said, he said, I said, you know what? With 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 my team, we have to do a whole revamp on our branding. And guess what? Let's let's make it simple. So instead of Qanat Al Qasba, let's call it Al Qasba. And then we change the whole design from Al Qasba uh, from a cultural to a slogan. Be part of it. So be part of whatever is happening in Al Qasba. Whether it's musical musical events or cultural events or clowns or any of those events, jugglers around the Qasbah, be part of this, those celebrations. So we used to, within our philosophy, we used to celebrate anything happening around the world. Mm. So Halloween, Diwali, uh, Indian festival, uh, Venice festival, Iranian festival, Chinese festival. All of it. Whatever happens, you need traffic. Yes. With traffic, you make business. With business, with business growing. You get more new tenants, and yes. that was the, the strategy. Then what happened? His Highness said to us, "You were so fantastic with your with, with your plans." Uh, and he was, and the message was to Sheikha Abdul and her team, "You are so good. Why don't we do something bigger than just Al Qasba?" Because then now Al Qasba had become a success. Become after three years, 2006, 2009, Al Qasba is 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 the popular destination. All of the TV channels. For me at that time, the vision was. When we used to remember Sharjah, we used to remember the central souk, which yes. is known as the blue souk. My idea was the new blue souk of, 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 of Sharjah is going to be Al-Qasba. And, and that was the, the, the inspiration, you know. And we happened to reach that, you know, to the level that the eye of the Emirates, now it is somewhere else. Yes. But the Emirates was the icon of Sharjah, that is, that is, that is the new icon of Sharjah with the Al-Qasba. Mission accomplished, let's do something different. So we had the opportunity and the blessing from His Highness to create the Sharjah Investment and Development Authority. And when we when we had this uh, decree, His Highness wanted something to be simpler. So yes, you have a big name, Sharjah Investment. Let's use something that is a brand, strong brand that will live forever. So we came up with this idea of creating a name, Shuruq, which is which is sunrise, yes. but it's also a derivative of Sharjah name. Uh, and the, the mandate was was attracting investments to Sharjah, developing projects in Sharjah, creating an, a social, eco, economical impact to Sharjah, uh, transforming the way of how Sharjah is, whether it's marketing, whether it's messaging, whether it's events, whether it's developments, whether it's attracting investors from abroad, and I guess after 10 years. And and this, so this goes with your first project being Al-Qasba? Al-Qasba created Shuruq. Shuruq then went into creating multiple projects. And then your project now became the Emirate of Sharjah. The Emirate of Sharjah. So from Shuruq, we went, you know, I like to take challenges. Yes. So oh, I got in, that. In, yes. In many areas <laughs> in Sharjah, there is a no, 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 no. You can't do changes. You know, you can't do a lot of things. And we, 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 we came up with this idea. I was driving one, one, in one of those days in Sharjah. And I, you know, we always had that fountain in Sharjah. 
it was always the icon of Sharjah. It was like the third largest fountain in the whole world after just Geneva and Jeddah. And, but it's not working. So I spoke to the municipality, guys, what's wrong with our fountain? They said, no, there is maintenance and it's so expensive and we're not sure if we can repair it. Then I spoke to Sheikh Abdul, I said, you know, our icon. Has we not, have a fountain and yes, it's not working. Yes, it's not working for the past two years. Why don't we revive it? She said, uh, okay, let me get the approval because, you know, it's different territory. It's municipality. It's not us, you know, Shuruq. That's a developer, but that falls under municipality. So the big boss, His Highness said, go ahead. If they're not going to do anything about it, it's yours. So I met a couple of companies. I told them, you know what, guys, I need you to come up with a, with a new fountain. My idea was a new fountain. So the guys gave us option one, just replacing the fountain, or option two, replacing the fountain enhancement, or replacing the fountain with a musical fountain. Adding to that geyser, we're just replacing the geyser, but also putting a musical fountain, 150 meters, light shows, water screens, laser shows. Are you sure? It's so expensive. Don't worry, we're going to get the approval. We're going to check with His Highness if he likes the ID. So we went to His Highness. We said, you know, His Highness, you, your, your Highness, we have option one, option two, option three. He said, option one, we, we, we didn't do much. What do you think of option three? And we were like, this is the last thing we would expect is that he would approve the best option, which is option, His Highness had a vision. He, he likes to transform, he likes to, to, to make the best for Sharjah. Yes. He did this magnificent university. He did this whole revamp. Yes. The whole planning of Sharjah is His Highness's vision to create this modern Islamic Arabic city, creating world world class standards. I would say, and you know, when you see the history of Sharjah, you would know that His Highness would actually choose option three. And he said, you know, but with option three, we need to create a destination out of it. You know, Khalid Lagoon is a nice place, but it lacks a lot of things. So we came up with this idea of transforming this road that used to be drive in front of the lagoon to trying to drive within the park that was there that yes. used to be called Al-Majaz Park going through the park and going to one, the other side and adding like eight different buildings where you have restaurants and creating a destination the first time we met His Highness I think we, we, we almost lost our jobs <laughs> we took that extreme level of you know changing and His Highness said, I think, guys, you're, 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 you're not that busy and you're coming up with those crazy <laughs> you're ideas. You're spending too much time being creative. Exactly. And, and because you're going through, through, through the, 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 the park. And then, you know, after, uh, by the time I left His Highness Palace, I reached my office. I was called back to come back the second day to explain it again. <laughs> because His Highness saw what we saw. Yes. And he said, you know what? I like your idea. And it was supposed to be the third project down our line. This is your priority. Let's do this. Let's transform the Khalid Lagoon. It has not been transformed in the past. Let's revive it totally. And we created this dining destination. So Al-Qasba is the cultural. Al-Majaz is dining destination. Restaurants, Fridays was, was one of the tenants. First time coming to Sharjah. Caribbean coffee, Zahar Laymoun, yes. uh, Tim Hortons, uh, at that time Fat Burger. And now we have Sutish from Turkey, uh, Pizzaro. New restaurants to Sharjah, fine, a, a very nice dining destination. You completely for changed it. And this musical fountain, yes. huge fountain with water screens, with a story that talks about the history of Sharjah on that water yes, screen. Yes, that's right. So from one challenge to the heart of Sharjah, creating this heart of Sharjah, reviving the past with museums, coffee shops, with Al Bayt Hotel, the most exotic, luxurious, 
Emirati uh, hotel uh, that would anyone would want to experience the past would would stay there. To going all the way to the Noor Island with creating a butterfly park with with one of the most talented artists called uh, Andre Hiller and creating a cactus garden, a butterfly garden with the blooming dales and and then moving from there all the way going to the Al Muntaza and reviving Al Muntaza, which is celebrating its 40th anniversary this year by creating this uh, water a water park which is the first water park in Sharjah and transforming the Eye of the Emirates from Al Qasba to Al Muntaza Park and then on the opposite side building the seventh largest flagpole in the world which, which goes the, uh, up to 123 meters and putting a drone the grocer and then not only thinking about Sharjah city but going all the way to the east coast creating an ecotourism plan uh, for for Kalba and reviving that uh, that uh, place that is known for its mangroves with the kingfisher bird was that special thing yes opening a lodge that's called the kingfisher lodge and part of that creating a birds of prey center and then the arabian wildlife center and then after that coming to the central part of Sharjah, where you have the desert and the mountains discovering that we have the history that goes back to the paleolithic age and i'm talking about 130,000 years before present wow and that was coincident i was passing by by, by that area and I met a guy and he said to me, you know, we have history here. What sort of history, you know? What sort of history are you talking about? I said, you know, we have Paleolithic, age, Neolithic, age. what's Paleolithic? What Neolithic? And no, no, we have all the way to the to those ages. And he showed me all of those graveyards and, and a whole graveyard that is only for camels and another one only for horses and another one that talks about the pre-Islamic age. Pre-Islamic age, yes, pre-Islamic age. Guys, what we need to do, we need to talk about Archaeological tourism, so we created the Mleha wow. archaeological tourism, and now you go to Mleha. You have archaeological tours, then you have a sunset tour, then you have the horse riding, then you have stargazing, then you can do an overnight stay there. Wow. It's magnificent. It's wow. like you go to the Death Valley. The same thing, you'd find it actually there in Mleha. It's only 45 minutes from Al Qasba. Imagine how fascinating that site is. And then going to Al Badar to create that oasis with 31 rooms and coming back. To Sharjah with this with this magnificent project we created within Sharjah Emirate many different destinations. So in one of those areas we were driving around the desert and we found those two buildings. What about those two buildings? They're like having a, a a fence around them. It's like don't come close to those sites. We checked about something. There is a fuel pump station built in the '64 timing when people used to drive from Sharjah to Oman. Yes. They park. They stop their car add some fuel, continue, there is a small clinic, a shop, grocery, and a fuel pump station. So our ID, I know I travel a lot, I love to take IDs, so I was in South Africa where I found those little uh, touristic areas where you would actually stay in a motel or a lodge, five rooms, seven rooms, so five rooms, yes, five rooms. We're going to create a five rooms lodge called Alfaya Lodge in the middle of the desert, and we're going to create a coffee shop. So, nice. for, so for people that would like to experience being in the desert but in a historic building you would actually stay in that used awesome. to be clinic yeah and with a sea salt spa and a pool in the desert imagine it's your own pool in the desert nothing is around you mountains and desert only and and i think what we like to do in shuru is to create every every project that has a, something that's totally different so tourism was something i love to do but shuru is not about tourism so then we went all the way signing an agreement with eagle hills developing the mariam island project which is a mixed use development more than 4.7 billion dirham of investments. Then going all the way to, to sign an agreement with a, with a developer called Diamond Developers, creating a project called the Sharjah Sustainable City, more than 1,000 townhouse with a school, 
with hydroponic fun, with hydroponic farms, all the way creating a sustainable city with autonomous vehicles. As, awesome. as we're speaking, we're developing it. It'll be the first smart city, right? The exactly. first smart green city, it's, it's solar first, powered. Totally, a totally clean city. Uh, we would like to create a place where people would love to, to grow their plants, would love to jog in that area, would take their kids through an autonomous vehicle to the school without even being in the streets, uh, having a small community uh, area next to them, like a, a, sh a shopping experience. So the challenge is, let's not replicate things. Mm. Let's do what, what fits Sharjah, creating new joint ventures with our partners. So in, I went all the way to, the, to recycling water waste, so I, I, we, went, we took this agreement with a, with a joint venture with a Belgium company. Yes. And we went into the field of water waste, like STP plants, and had nothing to do with STP. Read about it, so thought if it's, it's, a, it's an exciting uh, project to jump into it. Took the challenge, got, uh, got, to, uh, got to actually take over this plant from, from uh, the government entity, creating a joint venture with the private sector. Now, uh, doubling the capacity of that water treated, and then creating an arrow plant which is reusable of, of water to the level that this water that is that's a sewage water is going to be retreated to be used as an industrial water and for farming and imagine one day we had an issue with water today we have excess of water because of what technology can do for us so that's the nice amazing. thing it's it's from one challenge then one one of those days i got a challenge that uh, we need to get uber or kareem to Sharjah. you know Sharjah is a cosmopolitan city we ended up creating a company called Emirates. Uh, we did a joint venture with Emirates Transportation. We signed an agreement. We created a company called Sharjah Transportation, Smart uh, Sharjah uh, Transportation Solutions, which basically has all of the Kareem cars now in Sharjah is under Shuruq. The nice thing is that in every sector, we think that there is a there is an uh, there is a possibility for us to venture into. We will venture into to the level that I went all the way to Korea to sign with, a, with an investor in Korea to come up with a cardiovascular treatment center. So every field, you feel that you are, you, there is a need for it, study it, investigate it, look at what will fit you, and just go for it. What amazes me is the fact that in most fields, companies, uh, government agencies, um, you know, CEOs of groups, they, they stick to what they're good at. They're like, yeah. okay, we are we're focused on real estate or tourism. This is our expertise. Let's stick to it. Yes. You, on the other hand, you don't even see a box. Yeah. The nice thing is that Shuruq is, is an investment and development authority. So investment in everything, development in everything. And, and that's the thing that if you have the mindset that you can succeed in every field, but you need to prepare yourself, you need to educate yourself, you need to train yourself, you need to be ready for that, and you need to focus at, the, at that sector. Yes. So when we said healthcare, we said, Let's do a full study about healthcare industry in Sharjah. And then we took this, in, uh, this uh, study that said, well, in healthcare, cardio is an issue, cancer treatment is an issue, obesity is an issue, lifestyle is an issue. Focus on those. Don't focus on everything. Healthcare is so big. So we focus on getting those, and we managed to get a couple of them. We couldn't manage to get all of them, but our focus was to get a cardiovascular center, to get a lifestyle disease center, a rehab center. And that's, and when you talk, and be expert in that field. Yes. You will always win. Absolutely. You can't lose. And I think today we speak about technology. Today we speak about disruption of technologies. And guess what? The company that is competing with you today doesn't exist. Yes, exactly. Nobody, uh, Hilton or Marriott, never knew that Airbnb was there. They were shocked that someone came that has nothing to do with their industry, yes. is competing not with hotels, it's competing with stays. 
and stays can be defined anything. Yes. It's a room, it's a hotel, it's a lodge, it is a stay. A, a person would like to take a place yes. to sleep. Absolutely. So your challenge might be coming from anywhere. Uh, so the blockbuster never knew that Netflix was created. Exactly. And even when they were competing, they said they're a different industry. But at the end, today mobility, car companies are not competing with, with Uber. They're competing with autonomous vehicles That's in the right. future. With something that will take you from A to B. So you're not selling a brand. You're selling that activity. Yes. And that's what we need to think about. Today, and like always, you need to always make yourself open to, te to, to teach yourself that whatever you know is outdated. Yes. You have to come up with new things. And for that, we went into mobility. We went to healthcare. We went to real estate. We went into sustainability. We, we, we created even a sustainability company that will do retrofitting because we knew that today with sustainability, everybody's going to go to be more sustainable. Everybody's going to, to want to be more greener, I would say. Uh, everybody wants to do a better way of image at the beginning, but also cost. Nobody wants to spend overspend on, on electricity and water as they used to. So if solar is cheaper than, than, than gas turbines, everybody's going to move to solar. And, and that mindset, if you built it within your organization, that's the success that you would, you would say. And then I would say choosing the right people within your organization is the start to, succeed, to success. If you happen to know who are you hiring, who, uh, what do they like, what do they dislike? And going back to my experience with Mr. Hussain Luta is an important thing. If you get to know where do they spend their free time, do they have clubbing time or do they spend it reading? Do they like traveling or do they like sleeping on the bed? You would know what sort of a person that you're working with. And choosing the right people is, uh, is another key to success. And every time measuring success. You cannot succeed if you can't measure anything. Mm. You can say, I'm successful, but how successful? Are you financially successful? What is the measurement that you would actually set? And my message to every, uh, every person is that every one of us is today seeking to become a CEO or a managing director, or a chairman. But today, you're a chairman of yourself. Put a plan for yourself. If you want to educate yourself, don't think that education has a limit. Education has no limit. I, as a chairman or executive chairman in Shuru, I just recently came from University of Singularity. Two years ago, I was in Harvard. Four years ago, I was also in Harvard. I'm, I'm reading books. I'm, I'm traveling, getting to know people. Because every time you open up to different industry, to different challenges, your brain just explodes, gets to admire. You know, I, I just came back from Paulo Alto. And before that, I knew Fourth Industrial Revolution. I knew about AI, I knew about VR, I knew about... I don't know about the impact on it, on our, on our life. And you can see it either as a, as a threat or as so excitement about how is the future going to look mm. like. Imagine, I came back from there. I was actually having dreams about, about this exponential growth, about how AI is going to impact us. Just imagine leaving my office here, my phone would dictate that I'm standing out, a car would come, pick me up, take me to my home, it will inform my wife that I am delayed in the traffic because I had an interview that took more than time than expected. She's going to be prepared that I'm, she's delayed for, for another half an hour. She would be prepared that her Uber is going to be booked after I arrive, we, she, uh, she, we, pick the car, we pick the car there. It takes us to the restaurant. The restaurant will be notified that I'm actually delayed because of the traffic that was actually, and also the interview that happened. 
it will it will reach to my to the restaurant the restaurant would know that i am i have a certain diet it will or it will pre-order the food that i am we have actually went there it will then order the car back again wow. what sort of an experience my secretary will know that i had a late night so tomorrow don't book a meeting at eight in the morning make it nine because he might come late because he has a that's wow. the future yes and most people are scared of it and, and how how amazing the future the future might be different the future might be that we don't we don't need staff that will do repetitive work this is repetitive work what we we computers would do work much better than our than than us and if if we can if they would do repetitive then we were going to do something that has has to do with something else mm. other than repetitive work which is design inspiration experience events robots would not do it for us we would come we would uh, a robot would not sing better than a human being wouldn't do something that is different and and i think if we think about how the future is starting when i was in, in, in paulo alto we saw this barista that is a robot you go wow. to this barista and he's a robot you go to an amazon store and because you have a face detection it detects your face it knows that marwan has a credit card connected to his you pick up uh, a red bull you leave by there, you don't meet anyone, you don't talk to anyone, it's detected from your bank account automatically. You leave there, you go to a, to a burger place, and that burger place, I have the name, I, I, I just can't recall it. They know it. what you want. They know what you want, they no know pickles. that you're, you're, exactly, no pickles, extra patty, for example. The, the robot makes your burger, it's ready by the time you're actually there. You pick it up and you leave, and the car is waiting for you with a Lyft or Uber, yeah. and it'll take you all the way to your, to your, to your hotel. The future is exciting. That it's is definitely exciting. so. It's so nice, you know. And guess what? You have a delivery that can reaches you through a drone system. Yes. Much faster. And you you, you hear those amazing experience like uh, blood today is moved in, in Uganda through those dr drones. They never had this 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 thing that they can actually get blood at the right time within 15 minutes of ordering it. Wow. They have the 16th most most busiest airport that is only using drones. In and Uganda. In Uganda. And imagine they solved the problem, humanitarian problem. It is everybody's happy. The people are happy. The patients are definitely happy. The hospital is happy. The guy that is selling the drones are happy. 16th busiest airport and it's all drones. Drones. And it's going to be the sixth in the coming years. Wow. Just after Atlanta, Dubai, Singapore. Wow. London, France, and then it will be Uganda. Very soon, very soon. And they're not moving people, they're only moving blood. So technology is fascinating. We need to talk to the to our to our uh, uh, governments also to open up. Let's let's uh, let's create excitement. Let's accept technologies. Mm. We heard recently that uh, Tesla had an accident. A lady was hit by an autonomous vehicle. Well, guess what? At, as you reported that there are more people that were killed through road accident by human beings. Yes, that's true. Why do we blame an autonomous vehicle? You know, the last time a, a man intervened with an autonomous vehicle, the autonomous vehicle traveled for 120,000 kilometers without an intervention. That's a lot. You know why? Because of because kilometers. of machine learning. This Tesla tells the other Tesla tells the other Tesla tells the other Tesla about new things. If you traveled around and found a, an accident, you will call and say, Marwan, there is an accident. Avoid that street. How many how many people you can call? That's right. That's a machine. It tells everybody in the system, avoid, avoid, everybody avoid, you know? And it will tell you everything. And that's what we need to say. The future is exciting. The future is promising. Get inspired.
Imagine if you could present yourself, your thoughts and your ideas with clarity and confidence. Imagine if you could speak to influence and impact. Imagine if you could communicate like a commanding and charismatic leader. Well, you can, given the right information and the investment of effort from your end. How do I know that? As a public speaking coach, I work with CEOs, world leaders, and presidents. And when they hire me, they expect nothing short of results. And over the years, it's been two decades now, two challenges have risen for me being unable to help the majority of people. I'm usually on a plane, with the majority of my time being booked a good year or two in advance. And my one-on-one -on -one session to work with someone in person generally starts at $20,000. So we solved the problem by making my public speaking course available for you online. Everything that I teach my clients when I'm working one-on-one, -on -one, thoughts, tips, strategies, how to do things, all on video, all sequenced in the right order for you to be able to watch, re-watch, practice and refine your presentation, your speaking and your overall communication skills. And guess what? You will get results. Now you can have this course not for the $20,000 that my clients pay me when we work one-on-one. -on -one. You can have it for $9.97. That's right, just $9.97. You might be thinking, well, why are you offering something that you charge $20,000 for, for $9.97? It's simple, because those who want to work with me one-on-one -on -one will still hire me. But for many whom I might be out of their budget, this is a great way to develop their communication skills, to cut through the noise, to rise above the rest, and to beat their competition. If you're serious about wanting to develop your skills, to be able to present your thoughts, your ideas, and yourself, with clarity and confidence, to be able to speak, to influence and impact, and to communicate like a confident and charismatic leader, then this course is for you. Go on to kevinabdurrahman.org forward slash course and get started today. We need to uh, create a platform. And I think Charger is, is, is also in the forefront. We created this research and technology and innovation park where we're, we're opening it up for innovation. So this, this place is managed by the honorary chairman is His Highness, the Dr. Sheikh Sultan. He created, you know, 20 years ago, the university campus with like 47,000 students studying there. Today, it's the next era, which is research, technology, innovation. And he created this park where, he, as you go, if you go now there, you'd find a 3D printed building is under construction. And you'd find an autonomous vehicle driving there, an autonomous, fully autonomous. So it's like you sit in a majlis. So there isn't a driver. So it's like, uh, they call it uh, generation five of mm -hmm. autonomy. So no steering wheel. Yes. So you sit there in a You're lounge. Just sitting there, yeah. Sitting, and it will take you from one place to another place. And then there's this hydroponic uh, farms. And then you go to another place, you'll have those Skyway trains that, are, uh, that will take you from one place to another place. But how amazing is the future? How amazing if you can actually order a shoes, not order it. Why do you need to order it? You can print it. And you know what? You can print body parts. Yes. And, and, and this is how technology is. And I think for us in Shuruq, uh, I, I, was, I always like to put the bar higher. You know, and I, I remember, I, as I said, automotive was some of, one of the industries that I'm passionate about. I was reading an article about Hyundai. And Hyundai at that time, they were building the Sonata. So they're coming up with the Sonata. And they said, uh, our focus 
is to compete with the Honda Accord and the Camry. But we want to benchmark Mercedes. Guys, benchmark Mercedes? They said, yeah, if we failed, we're going to be a, an Accord or a Camry. But aim high. Yes. Always aim higher than what you want to achieve, and you're getting it. And I, I was talking to my wife just recently, and I, and I was telling her, you know, how important is, is health and well-being, you know, going to the gym every, every day. And she said, no, I think for me, three days are enough. I said, no, no, I think aim high for five days, you'll do three days. Aim, you know, aim higher. Yes. You'll achieve what you want to achieve. But keep that in mind that you want to aim on the higher. My aim, for example, is to go every day to the gym. So if I don't go to the gym one of those days, I feel sorry. So I had to do it the, one, on the other day. And, and it, it had a major impact on my lifestyle. And I said, when you're a CEO of yourself or a chairman of yourself, if you... Your, how you look is important. Mm -hmm. How you speak is important. Yes. Your education level is important. Uh, your well-being is important. Yes. You want to live longer. You, want, you don't want to be an issue for your, for your kids when you're in your 60s. You want to still play golf when you're 60. Yes. You want to still drive racing cars when you're 70. There is no limit. You, you go to some areas and you find a guy enjoying his, his, his time in a convertible classic. Yes. He's enjoying his time. He had a good time when he, when he was in, in a younger state. You, you can't say, I will wait for tomorrow to go to the gym. Go to the gym today. You know, and I, 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 I started doing it after Fajr prayer. So Fajr, uh, today, it's like ends at half past five in the morning. At uh, six, I'm in the gym. I was, One hour to, and a half. Yeah, <clears throat> I was going to ask you because, especially someone like yourself, you have a family. Yeah. You're, you're running such a large organization, you're traveling. I was going to ask you, how is it that you actually fit in working yeah. out? <laughs> you know, I, I have in my, in my WhatsApp, I, I, I have, the, you know, you can put a slogan. I say, life is short, stay awake. <laughs> and I was like, you know, there is no time for you to rest. You know, there is a lot of time for you to rest when you rest, rest, you know. When, when you rest, you rest. That's the time when you're, there is no time for you to rest recently in, in the world. You have to sleep well. You have to eat well. You have to go to the gym. You have to work hard. You have to really work hard. You have to really work hard. You and, make it a priority. And, and you need to enjoy your hobbies. <clears throat> make a hobby. Enjoy it. If you are into football, play football. If you like cinemas, go to the But don't overdo it. Do it. Play football once or twice a week. Go to the gym every day. Eat well. Enjoy your time. Go with your friends. So divide your days. Divide your time by... You have five things that you need to divide your time. Time for yourself, which mm. is your gym, your lifestyle. Time for your wife, if you're married. Time for your family, time for work, and time for education. Mm. And 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 people would say education education for your own yes. for your own self. For your family, it's 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 your family together. For your wife, you need to keep some time for your wife because people say family and wife is no no it's not the same. And time for your friends. Uh, friends are different from yourself. Yes. When you're in the gym, you're alone. You're you're you're. You're whether mediating, meditating, or you're, you're for, it's, for, it's your time. Time for your friends is when you hang out on a weekend with your friends. If you, if you prepare yourself and see what is the percentage of time for work, and time for a family, and time for, for your wife, and you write it down, mm. you'll find that maybe you're overspending it with work, overspending it with your wife, or less spending it with her. You need to increase the time. Create a balance. Mm. Do you feel that we've become lazier as a... Lazier? No, I think people have different priorities. Yeah. That's why they fail. Yeah. You know, they want to be successful, but they want to sit in a coffee shop, they want to dine out, they want to spend money. They, they want, want all to, the good things. So they want to build a house for, their, for themselves, but they want to spend money traveling twice to mm. Europe. Then they want to buy a new car every three years. They want to buy a, a new watch every, every year. 
and they want to save, mm. and they want to open their own company. But you can't do everything. Yes, totally. You have that limited salary, for yeah. example. And so, when you have priorities, when you, when you have in mind that you want to be successful in that thing, you can't be only successful in that thing. You can't be successful yes. in everything. Yes. You know, one of the most important things is, is people get distracted. Yes. With a lot of things that are happening, whether it's new technology, whether it's uh, issues with the financial issues, keeping fo keep focused on what you do is the most important thing. I was recently flying from Emirates, checking on Maradona movie. Yes. Talking about Maradona. And what did he do? It's all about determination, focus, what you want to achieve. And you're not going to succeed in the first year. But that's the, being, being so focused on what you want to do and improving and knowing that's what analysis about yourself, working on your strength, working on overcoming all of the weaknesses. What are the threats that you're going to achieve? You're going to achieve, uh, then you're going to basically reach there. And it's share, share your success with your peers. You know, some of the issues with you, you would not keep your wife. No, get her involved. Let her be your, the, the inspiration that you have, to, you, you want to achieve, let her be part of it. So when, when you succeed, she celebrates it. Don't try to be alone uh, in those things. Keep some time for your families. You know, I have, I had, I had one of those 12 messages I, I, I wrote that sit with the old people, listen from them. Sit with your father and your mother. Listen to them. Appreciate their time. Give some time for your kids. Enjoy your your, uh, your hobbies. Uh, try to keep for every year a milestone that you want to achieve. Because as I said before, if you can't measure it, you don't know if you achieved it. So if you don't know where you are and where you want to uh, uh, reach within the seven years, then you're not, never going to. Don't be distracted. Uh, enjoy your time, as I said. Uh, but the, the the very important thing is also be uh, what you call it uh, not feel not feel only the empathy but the compassion mm. uh, with others you know uh, when you say anything think about it uh, before saying it to, to anyone because you don't know how they will react it and live the story of everyone mm. uh, whoever is with you you know before judge, don't judge anyone from the first time you would you would you would have different stories if you if you if you be more considerate about what do they have uh, the most important people are the people that are around you. Uh, they are the people that are going to make you happy or they're going to make your life terrible. You don't want to have negative people around you. And I think if you have negative people around you, just get rid of them. Even if they're the best employees you have, even if you're, they're the best people you have within your organization, if they are creating negativity, negativity only puts you down. Mm. Get people that will tell, give you uh, true uh, facts. If, the, if Marwan went on a stage and said something and they felt that it is not appropriate, let them have the guts to go to you. The guts to say it but not be negative. Yes, and, and, and in leadership, you, you need to be vulnerable. Yes. And if you don't have vulnerability, and people will think, oh, I can't talk to Marwan, he would, be, he would hammer us. Who are we to tell him? But if you create that vulnerability that they are telling you for, for the better of you, then you have to create that comfort zone. They can talk to you mm. about it because they're they are they're saying it because they they care about you. Uh, and within that seven years, you're going to achieve it. You're going to achieve it because you know that there are many things that you've done that will make it a successful journey for you. Mm. Uh, but not every journey is 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 the successful journey from the first day, from, from the first day. But you need to be confident that you have the right 
the right the right amount of fuel in your car you, you have the right directions you have the right car that will take you to the journey and you're going to, to, to reach it you can't go with a formula one car from Sharjah to Abu Dhabi and come back you need pit stops yes. so you'll not use a formula one car you might use a Nissan petrol for example you know so you need to use the right tools you need to use the right people that are around you uh, and sometimes if you if you if you want to judge don't judge from one part of a story read the whole story from, yes. from different angles this is my simple uh, messages that we would like people to and I'm sure many of them would actually practice it man that's fantastic that's really good I, I had this philosophy of the seven-year philosophy yes if you work hard dedicate your 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 efforts in whatever job you do for seven years you're going to achieve what you have aimed for and I had it in many places I my philosophy was don't work more than four years in the same department it's so boring how do you do the same thing for four years it's just so comfortable it's like, do, it's like doing the same thing mm. unless you're racing you know uh, but but if you're doing the same thing how are you advancing yourself you know we're human beings we're not born as accountants or or lawyers we're born as human beings so we can be good in anything but we need to train ourselves we need to educate ourselves so if you're bored about the place you're working in just move change do something different travel around the globe experience different cultures mm. learn about history history is amazing read books but don't read books about business only books about history art culture automotive design you know things that you're passionate about everything is going to inspire you uh, and i think you know I, I love this automotive industry and I was explaining one day the perfection on one of those cars and I, I got a call from one guy and said to me you know I always drive the, I used to drive those cars but the way how you explained it about the craftsmanship and the quality and the matching of the wood and the leather and the weaving of the leather and the painting job made me fall in love in the car that I had four years ago <laughs> and you know it's if you have stories if you tell people about how exceptional those things are, people yeah. appreciate it more. If I tell you that this watch took 7,000 hours of, or 700 hours of work, of craftsmanship, you would appreciate it mm. more. Yes, it, it's time, it will give you time like any other watch, but the craftsman, the quality, the time, that, the effort that they have put to perfect it is the value that you pay for. Get inspired. You know this by now, that we are the number one YouTube show slash podcast that's coming out of the Middle East from Dubai. If you like the idea of having your brand reach at least a million eyeballs per episode, then feel free to reach out to my office on kevinabdurrahman.org. Without further delay, let's continue this great conversation. What would you say is a car that's symbolic that, that is you, the car version of Marwan? Oh, it's a 911. It is a 911? So I love, I love cars. I, yes. so I'm, I'm, I, have, I love cars that has history that has passion, that has commitment, and that's durable. Yes. And for me, the 911 is one of the best cars. It's a sports car that you can take to the gym, take to the track, come to the office, enjoy it on a weekend, enjoying it to the office. So it's this, it's, and it's, just, it's, it's an icon that never changes. Yes. It's that shape that was done by Frederick Burr. It's the 911, it's the most amazing car. So I have different versions from an 89 all the way to the 2018. But I also love the G-Wagons. Yeah. They're robust. They're family cars. They're military cars. They're robust. The shape is, is authentic, original. 
and uh, and uh, not because it's driven by celebrities, but it's my character. Yes. The defenders, the real defenders, are cars that I I, I respect. I respect cars that uh, would stay for like 60 years with that real shape. Now with a new shape, it's a different story. Uh, but I always like cars with history. Uh, I also like to know the people behind it. So now I'm going I'm going to to get a Dallara. A Dallara is a, is an is a company that or Dallara is a company was that had history with racing that has but they recently started the fir first car and i met Gianpaolo Dallara he's the guy that's behind the uh, behind the Lamborghini Miura one of the most beautiful cars mm. that was built in the 70s mm. so he was behind it and when i when i happened to meet him and heard that his passion about cars and the racing and all of those formula gp2s formula 3 formula 2s was engineered by Dallara till today wow. and now they're doing a road car how come I can't have one? I will have to have one. And, and you know, the passion about cars is, is more than just taking you from A to B. It's more than that. It's, you feel them. They, they feel when you're not driving them. Uh, I also love the new technology. Yeah. I drive a Tesla. And so beautiful with the Tesla. When you jump in the car, your calendar is there. It's an experience. Uh, it will tell you everything. It will, it will be ready uh, before you come down. Uh, it will have the AC on. Uh, if you are tight in the parking, you can summon it. So it goes up uh, front and back. Uh, it's good with technology. I don't have to wait to, to fill my car. I just plug it in wherever I am. And all of Shuruq projects have a plugging plug system to charge my car. So I am with technology. Uh, I, was in a, I, was, I jumped into Twitter like... When it first started, I jumped into Facebook when it first started, Instagram, all of the new technology. I love new technology. Um, and it talks about my personality yes. uh, when, when you are in uh, first uh, adapters or enab enablers. Yes. I say. But it, it's so obvious and you're bold. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, the uncertainty or the unknown in any aspect, yeah. if most people are hesitant, you're definitely I'll, not one I'll, of them. I'll you're go like for first it, step you know, in. Yeah. I'll, I'll go for it. And it, I might like it, I might dislike it. So I was, I jumped into LinkedIn several years ago. I didn't really like it. I didn't find the interaction. I, I was very popular on Twitter. Then I reached the level I felt that LinkedIn is really good for me. So I started pushing a lot on LinkedIn and I'm loving it. Uh, and I, I manage my all accounts. Yes. So I have like 40,000 followers on LinkedIn, on uh, Twitter. I have, X, I have the limit in Facebook. And LinkedIn, in LinkedIn, I reach views, almost 150,000 views. Uh, but I'm authentic. It's you. I'm, I'm the one who's writing it. it. It might have some mistakes, but it's fine. We're human beings. Absolutely. You know? The only perfect thing is, is Allah. You know, he's, he's the perfect that's thing. That's right. But everyone else seeks perfection, but yes. they're not perfect. And that's, that's us. That's human beings. It's fine to fail. It's fine to lose. It's fine to, to not be successful. But in my, your mind, you, you want to be successful and you'll do whatever it takes to be successful. And so for the guys who are watching or um, the individuals who are listening to this as they're driving or stuck in traffic, if they want to follow you, where, where would be the best platform to follow you so on? So if, 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 you, if you want to know who Marwan is, it's Marwan Al-Sarkal uh, on, uh, on, uh, on Instagram. Mm -hmm. That's my lifestyle. Yes. You'd find where I travel, what do I do. And you travel a lot. And I travel a lot. <laughs> and and I, I think, you know, I travel a lot. I love the tra traveling and people tell me, how come you travel a lot uh, and you, you're still fine with it? I said, if you enjoy what you do, mm. whatever you do, you will love it. Yes. And and I think if you think, oh, so bad traveling from one airport to another airport, from one one hotel. I, sometimes I even forget the hotel, uh, which which room I'm I'm yes. in because of how many times I moved in that event in that uh, that trip. Uh, so the other thing, Twitter. Is, is, is a strong platform. If you're into business, LinkedIn. It's also Marwan Al-Sarkar sure. through LinkedIn. Uh, and I think uh, I'm so close. Uh, I'm so open. Uh, you'd find my mobile number on my on my business cards. Yes. And, and I, 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 when I say 
It's about openness. It's about integrity. It's about and you have to you have to walk the walk. You know. You really so, live it. It's it's really obvious yeah, that you really live yeah. it. Um, what what would you say was the the advice that from all the books that you've read or yeah. perhaps the interactions you've had with individuals? What yes. would be a, an advice that you say has served you well in life? Well, uh, I, many things actually. Uh, one of the things is trying to be authentic as much as possible makes you saves you a lot. Yes. Uh, and and trying to fake things will not make you succeed in anything. Uh, learning your your uh, weaknesses and working on your weaknesses yes. is key. Uh, leadership is not about making people happy. Leadership is about telling them that they're wrong and they're, that this is the right way. And to a lot of leaders that fail, this is one of the books that I've uh, loved reading, is that a lot of uh, uh, people think that leadership is a job. Leadership mm. is a practice. You pra practice leadership. Yes. You, you practice leadership maybe in office, but at home, uh, someone else practices leadership against you. When you go with your friends, someone else practices leadership. And so the definition from leadership was about disappointing people to the amount that they can accept to achieve your goal. Interesting. How magnificent mm. is that? Disappointing people uh, to, uh, to, the, to the certain level to achieve your goal. Interesting. If, if I want, and that's exactly what's leadership about. Because when you think about making people happy, creating a work environment, that's not leadership. But that's many things to do. But leadership is someone is doing something wrong. You can't not tell him that you're doing the wrong thing. And will that disappoint them? Yes, but to the amount that they can absorb to achieve your goal. And we go back, you know, when you think about uh, if you have a good instructor one day, and I remember, you know, I was playing football with my, with my school team. We won, like, many awards. And I still today play football with my peers here in Shirok. And it's a, it's a creative way of, of interacting with them in a different level. Yes. You know, so, and, and we used to sit with our coach, and he was telling us, you're doing it in the wrong way. Do it that way. He's not doing it because he wants to show us that you are bad. He wants to tell us that you can do it better if you do it that way. Mm -hmm. You have to pass. You have to look at that. You have to have a back eye. He's not telling us because we are bad. He's yes. telling us to be better. And he sees the potential and, in you. And that's leadership. Mm. And a lot of people fail in leadership because they, th they think leadership is a job. It's not a job. It's a practice. Because if it's a job, then it takes a lot of effort in yourself. You can't be a leader at home. Your little daughter is a leader. She will tell you today, Baba, we'll go to Al Muntaza Park. We want to go to the water park. You have to accept it because you want to make her happy. So she is the leader at that time. You go back to, you're out from the water park. Your wife said to you, let's go to the to Jones the Grocer on Flag Island. And you think, you know, I had in mind, I want to go to that Zahar uh, Laymoon in Al Majaz. But she practiced, she, she said, no, no, I want to go there. I liked it because their food is better. She wins that. It's a winning thing, you know. She wants that. She practices leadership. At you come back to the work here, you say you're you're giving a meeting. You're taking decisions. You're practicing leadership, and it's 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 a floating thing. Yes. If you say I'm going to choose which restaurant, I'm going to choose where we're going to do. I'm going to choose the country we're going to visit in our traveling. It's too much pressure. A man can't take that much pressure. Mm. And so, this is one of the lessons I, I I learned from from the books I've read. And the other thing is that you Toyota culture. Yes. Celebrate success with everyone. Yes. Don't say the employee of the year. Say the team of the year. Yes. If you celebrate one person, one person is part of the. Yes. The, the, the other lesson I've learned: coordinate less, collaborate more. Nice one. So you coordinate a lot with coordination. Nice. Coordination is a lot of waste of time. Let's collaborate. You do your job. I do my job. He's doing his job. Like factories. In factories, nobody coordinate. I build the car. 
I put, you put the engine, I do the interior, that will, guy will put the tires. We don't yes. coordinate, we collaborate. Yes, that's When true. you collaborate, you succeed. When you coordinate, you waste a lot of time. People don't like to work with others. Don't, uh, don't go with the studies. I like to work with the working group. That's exactly that. what that's all, they say. That's all, they BS us, you know. <laughs> the real thing, they like to do what they like to do. They don't like to do work alone. So if they can collaborate, they succeed in collaborating. They succeed to get better results. The future is robots are going to help us. I was checking, you know, this jigsaw puzzle. Mm -hmm. And the fastest guy can do it in, uh, I believe, uh, less than a minute. Yeah, the Rubik's Cube. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yes. And uh, recently, the fastest robot did it in 0.25 seconds. 0.25? Seconds. Oh. Done. Don't compete with robots. They have the machine learning. We better they, collaborate with them. We need to collaborate. Yes. We, we give them the hard job, the heavy stuff. They do it. We do the, the imagination. They don't have imagination. Yes. We have imagination. They will do our job. We will have less working hours in the future. We might work four hours. We might come after Fajr prayer, work from 7 at 11. We're done. Be more efficient, more effective. Uh, you know, I, I was checking this hotel in America that they have robots that will clean the, the toilets. Oh, why do we need? Why do we need? And then I was talking to the guy and he said, you know what, we don't have layovers, we don't have, uh, we don't have to pay for, for extra time, they don't have public holidays, they don't have any issues with influenzas. Well, it's a robot, you know, it cleans and leaves, and it's much faster than anyone else. That's fantastic. So you know, the future is the future. We need to be ready for it. We need to enlighten ourselves about what can we do and educate ourselves. There is no end. Of, of, of educating yourself. Meet new people. If you're going to travel, travel alone. Interesting. Travel alone. You'll get to know a lot of people. You but will... it's, it's so uncomfortable for a lot of people. That's why. Yeah. Try to unteach yourself about what you, what, what, what you know. Oh, good one. And, 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 and you'd meet people in the lounge. Yes. If you're with a colleague, you'll not, never talk to anyone. You're right. But if you're with your colleague. That's right. You go to a course, you'll have to meet someone. You go to a restaurant. I know I, I, the first time I managed to to teach myself how to eat with a chopstick, even though I was raised in Japan, we never eat with it. We ate with, ate with a chopstick. I was once in Sweden, in Switzerland, going to attend motor shows. I don't miss any motor show of the big shows. So I went and I had to go to a restaurant that I don't want to feel uncomfortable because I'm alone. So guess what? Go to a Japanese restaurant. Sure. You sit in a, in a bar, you know, in front of the sushi chef. And, and they said to us, you know, we don't do sushis. No, we do sushis and we have uh, katsu. Uh, and so I had to eat with a chopstick. Nobody's on right side, left side. So I had to teach myself how to eat with a chopstick. And today I'm talented about it because I, I had the discomfort level that they didn't have actually fork and I didn't. I was ashamed to ask them fork and knife, you know. So they had the chopsticks. Do you know them? Yes, I'll try. I'll work it out. Today I can I can pick uh, I can pick M and M's using uh, using a chopstick. So teach yourself to do things that you're totally uncomfortable with. Man, that is fantastic. Can I ask you, because I know that you're a great leader both for your team and a lot of people who are related to you or not related to you, but your kids most certainly have learned so much from you and no doubt you're an inspiration. But if Marwan can only leave or teach his kids one skill, one trait, or one way of thinking to help each one of your kids have the best life possible, and you can only do one thing to share with them, what would be that single most critical factor for their success in life? To believe in themselves. Mm. The, the, the people fail when they believe that they can't succeed. It's true. 
and and if you believe in yourself seriously i used to be playing in the in the football uh, team in, in my school and i thought you know i was wearing glasses now i have lasik so no issues i thought that i can't play football because i'm wearing glasses you know uh, and then today i am one of the good players i would say because i believe that i can do it and i can overcome all of those obstacles and i went to the level from an unwanted player to the player that represented the, the the team in the school to the level that we played the final match we lost that final match but at least we played the final match with all of the schools in dubai at that time then it happened when i play with my with my peers here in shuruq i'm a, i'm a very good player yes and and i i remember just 20 years back or 25 years back i was an unwanted player to a wanted player to be a captain on the team to play in the center i was a bit chubbier than now i lost a lot of weight i had a, i had focused a lot on myself and my well-being to make sure that if you stand in front of a mirror and you're proud of yourself and if you're not proud of yourself that's what you need to work on whether it's your shape whether it's the way how you, how you speak you need to be proud about yourself yes. if you're not proud of yourself what are you doing what yes. are you doing you only live one life make sure it's worth that that is so good that is so good last question in a world where we're so busy with everything if you had the world's attention for 60 seconds what would be your advice for 60 seconds i think as human beings we need to do something to the to the poor people i i i feel ashamed about people not having food people and we're wasting food all around the globe we have three times more food than we need in the whole world wow we need only 20 billion to cover human poverty it's so un so shameful for us as human beings to see someone in africa walking for three kilometers to get clean water it is bad for us to find people that are suffering because of war issues uh, not being accepted by other countries because they are not ready for them so what i would say for everyone put a dedication build a mosque in some place build a school in some place provide shelter for someone give the poor some food uh, and don't waste wasting is the worst curse that we would uh, we would uh, we would we would battle about water is something that's so important but many people walk for miles to get clean water so my message is yes let's make money let's enjoy our time let's let's not forget those guys you know those people that are all around the globe whether they're in africa or in america or in india or in china we need to serve we need to to think that we can within our generation we can get rid of poverty and we can we definitely can and we if can. we have the will like we're talking about global impact we have to talk about poverty the first number one thing that we need to solve before anything else mm. food then water and shelter as is key every human being has to dedicate at least one dollar a day to save those people and we're going to achieve it oh man that's beautiful um I, you are a person who i've really look up to um, I've known you for close to a decade now. Um, this conversation has, I didn't know it was possible, but I'm totally inspired, you know, Thank by you. what you're doing. And you're only 39, God bless you. Thank you. Which is fantastic. I, I'm looking forward to the next 10 years, which I'm showing yeah. there's going to be even greater things. Thank you. I actually wouldn't have been uh, in this position uh, without, uh, without being uh, raised with those values. Yes. Like from my father, from my mother, from, I learned from everyone. I, yes. I can't say, how many people have impacted my life but the most important people are my mother my father my wife my brothers and sister and whoever i pass through sheikh abidur definitely his highness dr sheikh sultan yes all of my colleagues 
success can't happen by one person. Success yes. happens by the whole uh, people that are around him, people like you guys. You know, we were open, always open to, to media, always open to share our yes. knowledge because we say knowledge cannot be kept as a secret. Knowledge is for everyone. Let's all, uh, let's all celebrate success. Let's all celebrate uh, success in a level that, you know, if entities, you know, want to do another replica of Shuruq, be our guest. Yes. We're not competing. We're doing a better thing for our, for our economy, for our nation. It's a compliment. Exactly. So life is short. Yes, it is. Stay awake. Enjoy life. Enjoy every single minute. Be proud about yes. yourself. Work on yourself. And guess what? Allah is always paying back. You know, if you give him all the all, all the best, he's going to get take care of you. You know, one hundred percent. Yeah, and I love I love this. Move <laughs> forward. forward. That's exactly. fantastic. Thank you so much thank for you. your time. My Such pleasure. a pleasure. My pleasure. Such a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Thank, thank you. you for your time, uh, and thank you for uh, thank you all for for being here. Uh, I never knew how this interview was going to uh, was going to look like, but uh, I enjoy I enjoyed the time here. Thank you. I really and appreciate I that. And I think many people uh, we need to inspire people. Yes, the future is is, is promising. The future is, is amazing. Uh, as long as the sun is, uh, as Mr. John said, as we, we end with him, as, this, as long as the sun is shining, keep smiling. 100%. Thank you. Thank you so much, Excellent. man. I really my appreciate my it. Pleasure, Thank you for your time. Yeah. My pleasure. What an amazing guy. Um, I know that if you watched this video, that you would be inspired. Uh, if you've been listening to this, you would be inspired. Please, what I can recommend is watch this video again or listen to the audio on the podcast again. Because I guarantee you, when I go over this video, I take summary notes and we make it available on the website. There is so much that I've taken in. There will be so much more that I will take in. Um, really just uh, so much wisdom and so much inspiration. I'm going to place all the links to Marwan's um, socials below the video. So you can click on it. You can follow Marwan on his Instagram, on his LinkedIn. Um, I'll also place it in the podcast notes. We're going to make the summary notes available. As you know, with, with these episodes, it's not about showing off. We hope that with every guest, we help you get inspired, get informed, and get going. And I know for sure that this episode would have done just that for you. I'm Kevin Abdurrahman. This is How Do They Do It. Friend, from whichever corner of the world, you downloaded and listened to this podcast. I hope that my guest and I have given you something to think about, to talk about. Once again, I would appreciate you subscribing, sharing, and reviewing this podcast. It would mean a lot, especially if you resonated with our guest. Doing so will ensure that more people hear the gems that were dropped by our guest. Thank you for taking the time and allowing us in your world and having your attention. I'm Kevin Abdurrahman. This is How Do They Do It.